Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Offensive Zone show. This is going to be a bit different today, so I'm going to prepare you guys for this. Um, we tried to get the band together. We really did. Uh, but Diaries just would not play for us this week. So a little bit like when the Beatles went their kind of separate ways and they started doing solo albums, you're getting a solo edition tonight. Don't worry, the band's not split up. There's no Yoko Ono chaos going on between the four of us. It's just simply not worked in terms of trying to get all of us in the same room together. Now, I am denied about a few things, about maybe doing a recap episode, maybe just not doing an episode this week, but I just personally felt there was too much that had happened this week not to cover it. So you're going to get essentially now the musings of a madman. And for those of you that are listeners to the podcast and you listen to it regularly and you've ever thought in your head, what would it be like if it was an episode where Ian was just sat on his own for 25 minutes talking to himself? Now you get to know what that's going to be like. (laughs) So that is essentially going to be today's episode. Now, there is so much news for us to cover. There really is. But I'm going to try and keep it short. Um, Unlike normal episodes where we go for the full hour, we're not looking to do that this time. So I'm going to try and keep this to kind of 20 minutes max. That is the aim anyway. But as I say, there is so much, so, so, so much for us to go through here if I can get my list to hop up. And look, as always, right, we, we finished recording on a Sunday, which we did, not last Sunday, the Sunday before, 8.30 p.m. my time, obviously earlier in the day for JP and the others, and boom, Vancouver goes nuts. What a surprise. So Vancouver is going to be one of the things to we'll talk about today. We saw Alan Vigneault get sacked. We saw we had the Board of Governors meeting, which included some ginormous topics, which we'll cover in a second. Uh, we've seen injuries. We saw the Penguins get sold to Fenway Sports Group. Um, we, ben Bishop's retired. It was just there was so much stuff that's happened, and I don't get, don't, don't worry. When we record next Sunday, I will be asking the guys their thoughts on all these sorts of topics. But I didn't want to leave it hanging and I wanted to try and do something that, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of an episode, um, because it's just, as I said, there's just too much. There's too much not to talk and I can talk to myself. So that's not not a problem, he says. Uh, don't send the shrink round. I can. It's fine. It's It's the good kind of talking to myself. So as I say. Let's kick off with the first one. So Alan Vigneault was fired as Philadelphia Flyers head coach. Um, Slightly old news now because of when it happened, um, but quite surprising for me. Obviously, Vigneault was brought into the Flyers after Hackstall was sacked. Uh, Hackstall, who's now the uh, head coach at the Seattle Kraken. Um, I wasn't really a, a little bit like we talked on the last podcast around the New York Islanders and the fact that they were quietly crap. Um, so we hadn't really realized quite how bad they were. And for me, Philadelphia was a little bit like that. I'm sure for Philadelphia fans that are listening, you know, you guys are fully aware how crap they've been this season. But for me personally, I didn't realize it was quite as bad as it has been. So I was a little surprised to see him sacked. But then when I looked at the numbers and the metrics behind that, 
you can kind of see why the uh, the Philadelphia organization made that move. Um, it kind of feels like Emperor's new clothes a little bit. I mean, it's we've seen a few teams now obviously do it. Normally, the GM go uh, the GM goes as well as the head coach. Obviously, that's not going to happen in Philadelphia. But this whole if I sack my coach you know, will the St. Louis Blues effect happen, which in reality, obviously it won't because it only happened once, which was the St. Louis Blues. But you can see why teams are doing this. And we have seen it with others. We saw it with Jeremy Colleton. I said, we've seen it in Vancouver. We saw it in Montreal. Um, no, no, actually, no, we haven't seen it in Montreal unless I'm predicting the future. And the hell, look, it's, you know, after we were finished recording a podcast, something crazy was happened. So maybe he will get sacked as soon as I finish wrapping this up. But as of right now, um, he still is very much in place, but we have seen that with other head coaches. Uh, and we've seen the benefits of bringing in new head coaches. You know, we're Vancouver, I want to talk with the guys. So I'm only going to cover Vancouver very lightly here, but you know, Bruce Boudreaux's come in there and as, as I'm recording this, he's unbeaten. Uh, I think it's four and oh right now. So there are some massive benefits to, to flicking your coach, but sometimes it's a honeymoon period. It doesn't always last. You know, we've seen that with the King in, um, Chicago, that he obviously Chicago started to play better, but I, it, we are now back to kind of seeing the Chicago that we we were seeing under Jeremy Colleton in terms of results. Um, so Vigneau sacked as Philadelphia head coach. Who are they going to bring in? Not sure. I think they might have put somebody interim in charge. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, and you guys don't want to be bored by me clicking, and so I try and work that out. What I wanted to say on the Philadelphia front, the reason why I've got it on my list here of stuff to talk to you whilst talking to myself, <laughs> that's what you want to do, but I'm not really talking to myself because I'm talking to you, the listeners, but I am essentially talking to myself sat in a room, um, you know, bouncing off walls, but it's fine. But Alavino sacked as Philadelphia head coach. The surprise for me with this is Philadelphia came into the season very much like Vancouver. Like they made some big moves Rister Linen, you know, Ellis from, from Nashville. They gave up some pieces, not a lot, let's be honest, not a lot, but they gave up some pieces. Obviously, they've got Ellis as part of that weird um, Patrick Glass trade with Vegas in there as well. But Philadelphia were in win-now mode. They were going for it, and it hasn't worked. And now I'm starting to see people talk about, is this time for Philadelphia to rebuild? Is that what they're looking at doing? Do they sell off everything? And and I, I just feel like it's a real, that would be a real knee-jerk reaction to what has been a pretty poor beginning to the season. But in reality, it is just that. It's the beginning of a season. Um, you know, to make the moves they've made in the off-season, to then kind of blow it up feels a little bit weird to me uh, and a little bit... I just think it's the wrong thing, to be honest. I just, you know, if it was me and I was sat in the GM's shoes right now, I would be thinking, okay, Claude Giroux, probably not staying, but there is people we can, you know, build around. Um, and there's some contracts that are going to be hard to move in a salary cap strapped era. So, you know, I, I don't see Philadelphia blowing it up. Sorry, Philly fans, I think you're stuck where you are. Um, but the two saving graces to take from it is one, the new coach, you know, it may help. It it may trigger something. 
you know, we have seen a new coach work wonders in Nashville. Not this season, obviously. The head coach in Nashville has been there for, I think, a season. He was there for, if not half the season last year, I think he may have been there for the full season. But anyway, he is now starting to get that team playing how he wanted, playing, you know, the vision that he, he obviously came in with. And we've seen people like Duchesne, Johansson, the look, they look reinvigorated playing under this new system in Nashville, which is fantastic. And I think Philadelphia can do that. Um, but if that doesn't work, then the rebuild button might be the only button on the dashboard. But I think you have to exhaust all other options first because I just don't see them being able to press rebuild. You know, it's just not that simple. Um, it was, but these days it just isn't. Uh, so that's that one. So uh, the Vancouver Canucks, as I said, I don't really want to smash this now because I want to cover it with the guys so that I can get their thoughts on where they see Vancouver at, the good, the bad, the ugly. But if we flick to Vancouver, as we know, Jim Benning, gone, boom. Uh, head coach Travis Green gone, boom, both out, both Sayonara. I'm sure some other people left as well. I apologize to those people. I don't know your names, um, nor really care. Uh, so those people have gone out. They go in with the new. So we saw Bruce Boudreaux come in first, uh, and then later it was announced that Jim Rutherford has come in as a VP. So he's not come in as GM, a bit like Jeff Gorton. And um, who said this was a copycat league, yeah? When we've got teams literally setting themselves up identically right now. Um, so Jim Rutherford comes in to steady the ship and find a new GM. And there are some names being touted around right now. No surprise, um, some people in the Penguins organization, uh, because that's where Rutherford was before You know, he stepped down and... I wouldn't be surprised if it is somebody from there, but I think it'll be a little um, little while before we get a an announcement there. The Bruce Boudreaux move, I love it. I'm a big I'm a big Brucey fan. I want I, you know, I can say this now because people won't be thinking I'm being diversive because I'm, I'm not. I, I I like some of the things that Haskell is doing in Seattle, but I wanted Bruce Boudreaux or Gerard Glant. That's, that's the two head coaches that I personally wanted to lead the Kraken, but hey-ho, I <laughs> I got neither, <laughs> but that's that's life. Um, but I, I think Bruce Boudreaux plays an exciting brand of hockey, um, and he's coming in to a team where, you know, he's, he's already smashing it, isn't he? He's 4-0, but he's got nothing to lose. He literally has got nothing to lose. He knows he's not the long-term answer. He knows he's, I think he's got a two-year deal, um, from memory, but you know, he, he's there and if he can make it exciting and he can give the fans something to cheer for the rest of this year, then I think it'll be job well done. Uh, and then we'll see where Vancouver Canucks go from there. I mean, the big thing for Vancouver is going to be, can they get Elias Pedersen and Brock Besser firing again? I know Pedersen scored a pretty impressive goal the other night. We know he can do that. We need to see him playing big minutes every night you know and taking that taking that organization forward because for me the Vancouver Canucks are 
a better team than what we see on paper. And again, a little bit like Philadelphia, it's very hard for them to press rebuild button. You know, could you get rid of JT Miller? Yeah, maybe. You can get rid of you know, like Garland. You, you literally just brought him in. So, you know, OEL, Oliver Ekman Larson, are you going to get rid of him? You literally just brought him in. It looks pretty stupid. So I think they're going to steady the ship and, you know, see what they've actually got in this group of in this group of players um but that's all i wanted to cover on vancouver right now because I, I don't want to do too much on them on the basis that i want to hear what max has to say and i know he's got a lot to say on it and also obviously tyler and jp so i'm going to finish with the board of governors so i'm going to flick through some of the other bits of news which happened this uh this coming week so we saw the penguins get sold to the fenway sports group Personally, I'm not going to talk too much about the sale itself because at the end of the day, it's it's business. It makes sense to me why these sorts of things happen. Um, and sometimes a change can be good for an organization, bring in new money, but sometimes new ideas, um, you know, and a new vigor. Sometimes it just depends. Uh, it's interesting move that they made in the Board of Governors, which I will cover in more detail the other bits in it, but just one of the things that came out of the Board of Governors was the fact that now um, they've changed it. So the NHL is now the same as the NFL, the NBA, in the, in the way that you can invest in teams. And I think that will change the shape and the face of the organization years to come. I think you will see more uh, teams that will get sold. I know that Tampa is one that's on the radar, but I think there'll be others. Um, but it's look, as long as there's money coming into the organizations and there's investment and the product on the ice and the experience is all being maintained, you know, who owns these groups, I think, you know, it doesn't, doesn't particularly matter as long as they're doing the right things. And they're obviously good in terms of their personal corporate social responsibility. I think that is important, um, especially in this day and age. Some of the other news bits um, we saw, there's a lot of talk at the moment about Evander Kane. So again, this is something I'll pick up with the guys on next Sunday or this Sunday, should I say. Um, but there's a lot of teams that are interested in Evander Kane. So this is hashtag rumor mill, by the way. But some of the teams that apparently are interested in Evander Kane, if I can find my little list, here we go, is the Bruins, the Penguins, Detroit, the Predators, the Leafs, I mean, how how do the Leafs make that work, Catboys? Honestly, I don't, like, they would have to couture of plus plus to make that happen. That's mental. And um, what's down here is Texas hockey, but that's the Dallas Stars. Now, I can see the Dallas Stars doing something like this, but Evander Kane has a lot of years left on his deal. That would be a real surprise to me if they make that move. Um if I'm honest, it kind of sparks a desperation unless you're getting uh, San Jose to retain a lot of cap or you're kind of sending them something back to kind of make it work. I just don't see how it 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 works otherwise. You know, I just, it just, the numbers don't stack up for me personally, but hey, what do I know? I'm not a hockey GM uh, yet. You never know. <laughs> there's still time. There's still time. Um, so, one of the other things we saw, well, we saw uh, Korea, um, and hopefully I'm not butchering his name, uh, for Chicago Blackhawks, a massive hit on him by uh, 
Truba in their game. So the Rangers Chicago game was one of those hits. I love big hits. Um, I love the physical aspect of hockey is what, what got me interested in the sport all those years ago. Um, and, but that hit was a scary hit because you, when you, when you see him like hit the ice, he's already out cold and like he's out cold in the air as he's fought. It's yeah. Scary hit. So, Obviously, we wish him a speedy recovery, um, but yeah, it's not not nice, and it's why hits to the head have to be punished severely because this is where, like as I said, I love the physical aspect of the game. I do not want to lose that, but that is just pure danger. That's just dangerous. It's just dangerous, and Truber didn't need to do it. He could say that he he wasn't aiming for his head, but he it doesn't matter. He hit his head one hundred percent. There was no shoulder to shoulder. It was one like one hundred percent in his head. You can see in the replay; it's, it's just obvious. So, a couple of other injuries as well, just to quickly go through whilst I'm doing it. Toffoli's out for eight weeks, so he's having to have hand surgery. So it's as if the Canadians didn't need some more bad news. Uh, they're going to be without to Tyler Toffoli, who is their little was anyway. At the, at the, when I wrote this note, this note down, their leading point scorer, um, which is uh, yeah. It don't rain, hit pause. Uh, Bernier is uh, going to be out with a, a hip injury. And this is the concerning bit about this. They've said that he's out indefinitely, which means he could be out the rest of the season, which could be uh, could be pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Um, he signed a two-year deal recently, obviously, when he joined the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, 8.25 million for two years, obviously not each year. Uh, split across the two years, but that'd be a big shame. So he's looked really good in the uh, in a couple of games that I've seen. Right, sticking with the goalies. This is a piece of news that's dropped. Um, I'd like to throw this out. Uh, called it, okay, just to say, and for those of you that are part of our Discord group um, where we cover kind of hockey but gaming hockey rather than real hockey uh and i I said that ben bishop was going to retire and i didn't think he was going to play again and it's it's unfortunately what's happened so ben bishop uh, of the dallas stars has retired um after a pretty immense career so here's some stats guys for, for for ben bishop so the teams that he's played on or played for uh is the st louis blues the la kings the Dallas Stars, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, his career statistics, he's played 413 games. He won 222 of those games. He finished with a goals against average of 2.32 and a career, yeah, yeah, listen, career save percentage of 0.921. I mean, that is literally mental. And a playoff career uh, save percentage of 0.924. It's just crazy. So 921 save percentage in a regular season, 924 save percentage, and a two-time All-Star. His playoff record, by the way, 52 games played, 29 wins. Such a shame. Such a shame that he had to, that it's, you know, he's, it's a career for me that's been cut short given his age and given the position he plays. Um, but obviously he's been injury stricken for a lot of his career. 
Uh, and it's it's sad to see the big man step down. And he's going to be missed. Dallas Stars are going to miss him and, and the league's going to miss him. So, yeah, not good. A couple of little bits to go through before I, I cover the main kind of talking point for today's uh, podcast. Uh, look at that, already at 20 minutes already. Jesus, time flies when you're talking to yourself. Um, and that was, uh, this definitely going to be covered on Sunday because we know this, this this is the story that's heating up. It's getting hotter and hotter and hotter as it goes on. And that is around the Olympics. Um, we see now the rules around players that get COVID while they're playing for their you know, the nations uh, in the Olympics and the rules are, and I think this was a quote from uh, one of the people, I think it might have been someone within the NHLPA who said that the rules were as bad as they could have been. And the amount of time that they have to quarantine for, if you have a positive test, you know, these are guys that are double vaccinated, boosted and all the rest of it. So, it seems a little bit excessive to me, but you know I'm not a scientist, so I'm, I'm not going to start going down that rabbit hole of talking about COVID. But it's aggressive in terms of the rules for the Olympics, especially compared they're actually in a bubble anyway, as we know, you know, because the NHL rocked the bubble a couple of years back uh, to a resounding success, by the way. Um, yeah, so you've started to see players now say, you know what, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go and it's just starting to become a bit of a mess. Add in the Calgary shutdown now, which is the second team to be shut down. And I, I think there is another team which has started to get a, a raft of cases as well. I can't think what the team is off the top of my head. I saw on Twitter today. Um, you know, I've seen some people calling for the league to be shut down. And I just got to say one thing, which is don't shut the league down. Like deal with it, make the games up during the Olympics because it looks like quite a lot of the NHL players are still going to be here. Don't shut the league down. I'm sure Bettman listens to this podcast all the time. And if he does, hang on to your seat, Gary, because it's going to get good in a minute when we're talking about Arizona. But if you are, do not shut the league down because I'm sorry to say this, and you guys know I'm a big advocate for, for vaccinations. I'm a big advocate for doing what we can do to keep the virus in check. But we are where we are, right? People are going to get this. That's just something you've got to live with. The NFL's lived with it. The NBA's lived with it. We've got to live with it. You can't shut the league down. You physically can't do it. If you do it, you won't reopen. And we'll end up with a, a sacrifice season again. And you know, I would rather see AHL teams play each other with NHL jerseys on, of course, uh, than I would see the league shut down. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, right. So is there anything else to go through other than the Board of Governors meeting? I don't think there is. So Board of Governors meeting, and that is what I wanted to cover. So as expected, Gary Bettman takes to the floor. I'd love to say that's live footage from the uh, Board of Governors, but I'm sure that's pretty much what it sounded like. All they cheered and gritted through their teeth whilst they thought, God, not that guy again. Uh, and it was a great line by Gary Bettman when he was talking about his tenure, by the way. And uh, 
he basically said not in his exact words but you know i'm going to be here for a long 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 time <laughs> to which uh which so glad so glad um it was mike Keo, by the way that replaced uh, alan Vigneault in philadelphia so these were the things that Gary Bettman covered. The first thing he covered was that he said that the NHL had had a strong comeback. So it come back strong was his exact quote from coronavirus disruptions. Um, and what that meant was, in a nutshell, was that revenues were better than what the NHL had expected, um, which is good, <clears throat> especially compared to where they were. And what this all meant was the NHL was project is, is should I say the NHL is projecting revenues this season of five point two billion. Uh, it's not bad, is it? And that's that's before we have ads all over the jerseys, guys. Boom! Imagine how much it's going to be when we sell our souls. About five point two billion uh, for revenue, uh, and that's including you know all the issues around COVID, all taken into account. So with that in mind, they're expecting a salary cap to raise by, oh, wait, one million. Yeah, one million. <laughs> so, I mean, it's great. I'd rather see a one million rise than a uh, than it be flat. Of course I would. Of course I would. Um, but let's be honest, one million isn't going to save a lot of teams. You know, I know there's a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans that listen to this podcast. I, please tell me, uh, tell us via Twitter, like, did you hear the 1 million and think, oh, good, we can keep everybody? Because, like, I didn't. <laughs> I saw the 1 million and was like, yes, that's an AHL guy. Yeah, great. Okay. So I can I can keep Pat Maroon for another season. Yeah, like, that's, that's basically what it is. So that was that. Then we come to the main event. Okay, so all lead up to the Board of Governors meeting was about salary caps and corona. And then just before the Board of Governors meeting, boom, this story breaks. Arizona Coates were in debt to their landlord, essentially, of the rink, and they owed them $1.3 in outstanding invoices. I believe it was rent. Could be rent and service charge. Who cares? $1.3 they owed the rink owner, to the point where the rink owner was going to stop them from accessing the arena. That's how bad and how overdue these invoices are. So let me put it into perspective right now. This wasn't, oh, sorry, I was supposed to pay it Monday, but I paid it on Tuesday. This is, my God, man, this is overdue, like overdue, like well overdue. It's like call the bailiff's time, okay? It's bad, 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 bad. So that broke. Arizona, within about 24 hours, had paid it and came out and told everybody they paid it. And nothing says innocence like making sure you tell everybody you paid your bills. <laughs> right, but they did. They came out and said, we paid it. It's all fine. It's all good. It's all fine. Okay, We haven't got an arena next year, but yeah, forget about that. It's all fine. We paid our bills. So as you can expect, we get to Board of Governors meeting and Gary Bettman gets asked a question about Arizona Coates. Now, I've, I've taken some pictures here of what he said, okay, just so that I can um, quote our good commissioner, okay? So he said that the future of the Arizona Coates and the Phoenix market is secure and the goal is to continue to work towards securing a new arena in the city of Tempe, at 
E-M-P-E, so I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and that's what he said. He said there is no issue with the Arizona Coyotes. Yep. Uh, Commissioner Bettman was commenting on recent reports stating the Coyotes owed $1.3 million in unpaid taxes and bills to the city of Glendale, where they play at the Gila River Arena. Bloody, bloody, blah. He said all Coyotes' outstanding debts have been paid. And, uh, and wait for this one. Wait for this one. Okay. And it was a result of miscommunication. Yep. Miscommunication. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, miscommunication. Okay. I, I'm sorry, 1.3 million? Does someone just not press send? I mean, I just, I don't believe that for a second. There's nowhere on this planet you accidentally forgot to pay 1.3. This, this is overdue to the point where the city of Glendale were going to lock the doors, right? This wasn't overdue by like two days. As I said earlier, this is overdue like, you know, I don't know what their payment terms are, but say they're 30 days, right? This is this is like 90 days on top of that. This is the point where you've already sent them a couple of chases. You sent them the nice chaser. We're like, hey, guys, I think you've got to pay us. Then you sent them the harder chaser, like, hey, guys, you definitely forgot to pay us. And then, you're, you know, you're getting Billy and his baseball bat ready, right? This, this, just, this isn't a miscommunication. It's just utter crap. And I get it. I get it. I know why Gary Bettman has to do this. I, I understand that he has to toe the line. He can't stand up there and say, yeah, that, that organization is on its ass. Like, he can't say that. I know he can't say that. So he has to do the BS parade. I get it. But to say it was a miscommunication, I was like, Gary, Gary, come on, man. Like, none of us were born last night. Like, we're not going to fall for that, Okay. The city of Glendale are not going to fall for that. The dedicated and passionate, loyal Coyotes fans, and my heart still goes out to each and every one of you, by the way, like, they're not sat there saying, yeah, it's just miscommunication. Like, they're not buying that crap either. So it is not. It is not that case. Uh, so, Commissioner, so Commissioner Bettman then went on to say, it's clear that the city of Glendale has either an agenda or an edge in the way they're dealing with the Coyotes. Now, I'd have an edge if someone owed me $1.3 million as well, I think. I'd have a pretty strong edge, to be honest. Can even, it's a knife edge. Uh, so anyway, so I, I know that the Coyotes owner is committed to Arizona and is working on a plan for a new arena, which will basically be in the city that's next to Glendale, uh, obviously UK-based. I don't know Arizona's <laughs> landscape and layout that well, but I'm assuming that Tempe and Glendale are pretty close. Um, the new arena will be in place, blah, 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 blah. So he went on to go and chat about the arena for another couple of paragraphs there, okay? Here's the crux and then the other bit, okay? So the Coyotes have submitted a request for a proposal to Tempe to build an arena and entertainment district sounds swanky uh on 46 acres the plan if approved yeah you heard that right it's not approved this is a planning stage guys this is a planning stage if approved it is proposed the arena will be ready for the 2025 2026 season 
last time I checked, that's not next season. Which is no surprise, by the way, because it's in planning. So that's hopeful. Now, just kind of, we have an example of an arena that was built recently. Um, it's beautiful. It's the Climate Pledge Arena. And they got that done on time. But they actually extended the deadline. But they got it done on time. Now, I don't know how they would have got it done. I'm not saying they couldn't have done. But I don't know how they would have got it done to the original deadline because the Seattle Kraken was supposed to come into the league a year earlier than they actually did when they originally put it forward, by the way. We know that they made the decision to extend it for a year, a long, long, long time before. It wasn't a last-minute decision, but originally the plan, you know, plan A was for them to come in the year before. So what are Arizona doing next year? Does anybody know where they are? Where they're going to play? They're going to play in an AHL arena? They're going to play outside? Like, Because I, I, City of Glendale has pretty much said, sod off. So they ain't playing there. So to sit there and say there is no problem with the Arizona Coyotes organization is just, it's, well, it's the equivalent of the guy on the Titanic, like after they've hit the iceberg, you know, for those of you that have seen the film, imagine Leonardo at this point, by the way, is, is, is currently wading through like three quarters of his body's worth of water down in the, the lower decks. You know, where all the parties happened. They were the fun decks, those ones. Uh, they just unfortunately filled very quickly. Um, but they're they're filling, right? And this is the equivalent of Batman being the captain on that ship and him saying, now nah, we're still making New York, guys. It's fine. A bit of water never hurt anyone. You know, that's, that is, this is, that is the equivalent of what he's doing in Arizona. It's a joke. It is literally a joke. And I'm sorry. I've listened to 32 Thoughts podcast. I know they don't listen to ours, but it's fine. We love you anyway, guys. But I, I've heard what people have said. Oh, Gary Bettman could say nothing else. Yeah, I, he could. I, I understand. I get optics. I, you know, I, I, I work in business. I, I get business bullshit. Like, you know, I, I get that. And I'm gonna have to bleep that out. Um, but, uh, but it's, it is. It's ah, oh, just don't, don't treat us like idiots. It's just utter crap, utter crap. So. There is more to come on the Arizona Coyotes story. I would love to hear from an Arizona Coyotes fan, by the way. So if there is anybody that listens to this podcast who's an Arizona Coyotes fan, sympathizer, supporter, whatever, please get in touch. I'd love to know what it's, you know, what it's like to 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 be, you know, in your shoes because it's just you know, all you want to do is watch hockey, right? And watch your team and support your team. And you've got this bloody, you know fiasco going on and king clown stood up there saying yeah be all right in the night guys and you're like yeah it won't it really won't so hence the reason why you went to quebec mate but anyway there we go so it's been a bit of a weird episode i understand that and for, for those of you that have listened i hope it was entertaining if nothing else and the fact that it was just me chatting to you for and let's see how many minutes did I go? Thirty-six minutes. Jesus, Jesus, I can talk. Um, <laughs> was interesting. Um, I I loved uh, some of the stuff that we've talked about today. I will be picking up with the guys, but you know we want to hear from you as well. I'd love to know what Philly fan <laughs> as those dentures again. I want to know what Philly fans are 
what do they think about the change? Uh, Mike Yo coming in. What do they think about the their situation? Do they want to press rebuild yet? Um, as I said, please, somebody on this podcast, listen, think, please be an Arizona Coyotes fan. That we want to talk to you, um, you know, because we want to know what you think about this debacle. And, and am I being a pessimist? Like, is there is there a, a way out for this team that I'm just not seeing? Because I just can't see it. I really can't. Um, and then Vancouver. Vancouver is going to be a hot topic for us. As I said, we did do a deep dive a couple of weeks ago. So if you've not checked it out, go back and check that out. Um, hell, go back and check out all the episodes. Why not? So so there we go. So that's that for this week. Um, I hope it's been of interest. As always, guys, you know, look, we have plenty of contact with you during the week, but do get in touch with us. We have Twitters. I, in fact, have my own Twitter now. Wow, I know. It's almost like I'm moving into the 21st century, which is not bad at 36 years old to finally be joining the rest of the world. Um, but we also have our website as well, which is theoffensivezone.com. And we have our mailbag feature as well, which you're more than welcome to use. As always, thank you. Thank you to everybody who listens to us, who connects with us, who is part of what we're trying to do here. We really appreciate it. Um, and even with all the madness going on, in Calgary with them having shut down and COVID cases starting to rise. Just stay positive guys. We're nearly there. It's nearly Christmas. I'm going to sound like Bob Cratchit now, but not, you know, we can't let something like this ruin another Christmas. Okay. We, we let it, it, it ruin last year's for, for most countries and for most people, you know, we can't let it happen this year. So stay safe, stay well. The hockey heroes will be back next Sunday. Uh, and until then, see you later.